This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to This Organized Life. If you're a mom, wife, or coffee lover seeking advice on how to reduce clutter and reclaim time, look no further than your host, Lori Palau, founder of Simply Be Organized and author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. For a lot of people, clutter is their dirty little secret, but it doesn't have to be. Each week, we will share practical tips, chat with experts, and provide strategies on how to keep you organized. I hope that by sharing our stories, you feel a little less alone and more empowered to tackle the areas that are holding you back. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of This Organized Life Podcast. I am your host, Lori Palau, joined by Ms. Erica Goodyear. Good morning. How are we? We are doing very well. Today, we are continuing on with our five-week series on the five clutter pitfalls, and we are talking about, dun 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 It's scary. <laughs> Number three, which is guilt. And if you are just tuning in for the first time, welcome, first of all. Just to give a quick recap, and you don't have to necessarily listen to these in order, although if you'd like to go back and listen to this week's and then hop back in, that's totally fine. In our teaching of understanding where clutter comes from and how to kind of troubleshoot and navigate through it, one of the things that we talk about, I talk about in the book and we talk about it when we speak, is five clutter pitfalls that people tend to fall into that hold them back from moving through the process. And the first one is procrastination. The second one is indecision. And the third one is guilt. So today I really want to focus in, we all kind of know what guilt is, but how does that relate to clutter? What does that do to us in that process? Also, what do you do if you're dealing with somebody, a spouse, a child, a parent who is really struggling with that guilt part of of the process? And that might not be something that you're struggling with. How do you get past that that roadblock? And we see that all the time. Don't you agree? Oh, totally. It stresses people out. I mean, it's something you have to work through. And that's where we come in, though. It's a, it's a step-by-step process. It's not all of a sudden done. Well, I- Some people think... Oh, I'm gonna clean my closet out. It's gonna take me an hour. Well, no, because it didn't get because <laughs> it didn't get there in an hour. <laughs> but I even and yes, I totally agree with that. Right? I think that there's there's this like misconception. It's like Logan with her lack of concept of what of time. Like she yeah. she has like the space time continuum. <laughs> but I think really understanding kind of the weight that guilt has. And if you're kind of new to our party, <laughs> I talk a lot about the three main types of clutter being physical clutter, 
emotional clutter and calendar clutter. And so where your dominant source of clutter is, is really where your roadblocks come in. So for example, having that emotional attachment to things, that's kind of the lane that guilt falls under. So understanding if you're somebody that tends to be more sentimental or really, really overly concerned about what other people think, seek approval from outside people, base your your decision-making on outer accountability. What are other people going to think? Is somebody else going to be pleased with me? These are all the emotions that tie into where guilt starts to really have a role. So if you're somebody that really doesn't have those emotional attachments, guilt might not be a pitfall that you can, that resonates with you. It might not be something that really weighs in on your process. You know, you might just be super busy. So procrastination happens for you because you're, you just don't feel that you have the time to do things. But for other people, they might have time or set aside time to do these things. But these feelings of remorse or regret or responsibility really are what hold people back. And I think recognizing that the first step is really just kind of recognizing that it's not so much about the item in and of itself, but really what does that item represent and what's your relationship with that item? Again, with the nodding. (laughs) I know, but I, the whole, the whole emotional clutter is also, I feel like a lot of our clients that relates to their kids. I feel like we have, we have a lot of moms. So the sentimental factor I feel is really big, but I also do feel that as they get older, people, our clients that we've had, that we've had for years, realize that a pencil mark across a piece of paper can go. (laughs) Don't you feel like that? Like after we have them come back and we're like, wow, they're in sixth grade now. Like this, this piece here is like, you could frame this like the notebook that they ran a pencil across. We, you know, you can get rid of it. (laughs) Right. Well, I I think that brings up a really good point. There's many different reasons why people feel the sense of guilt. Right. I think if you want to try to simplify it, which it's kind of hard because you're dealing with emotions, but just kind of for argument's sake and to fit this into a nice 30 minute episode, you know, when I want to talk about that emotional component of guilt, I think you're talking about three areas. The first one would be that sentimental area, which is what you talked about, Mm -hmm. which is my child made this and or someone gave it to me and it holds value because it was passed down to me. So it might not necessarily be something that has has a monetary value, but it has that emotional component to it. And people have a fear that if they get rid of it, that there's going to be this negative consequence, whether they're going to be judged or feel judged or they're going to upset somebody. And so a lot of times we hold on to things because we think it's what we should be doing. And especially that goes back to, like I said, if you're somebody who is an obliger or a people pleaser, or let's be honest, you know what? I was a preschool mom at one point too. And I thought my kid was a Picasso. <laughs> when now I look back and I'm like, really? I don't need that. Uh, I agree. That's what I mean. I agree with you 100%. And after they get older, people are like, oh my gosh, I can go through their bin of artwork or memories or however you're storing them and say, we totally do not need this. (laughs) 
But here's the interesting thing is, and I think this is kind of like a, I'm going to make like a general statement just for people in the professional organizing industry in general. The goal isn't for us to just come throw your stuff away, right? And I'm, I'm trying to speak broadly on behalf of Oh, I agree. Yes, yes. If you really want, and our clients will attest to this, if they want to keep the scribble of paper, keep it. Oh, yes. And we let them. Yes. Lori, Lori's actually dead inside. So our clients know that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm not. My kids have their own memory bins. I get a bad rap. But the thing of it is, if you want to keep it, keep it. My point is keep it because you want to. Don't keep it just because you feel guilty. Like I'm a mom and I should. I think that's the distinction that I try to make when it comes to guilt. What's your motivation for wanting to keep said item? Are you keeping it because this was your kid's christening dress or their first pair of shoes or their favorite book or their favorite stuffed animal and you might want to look back on it and remember it fondly? Or is it something that you're just like, well, I guess I feel like I should keep it. That feeling of the should keep it is just guilt. And to me, I don't think that's a good enough reason. I think if you're like, yes, this had some meaning to me and I I really, it either is going to, you know, again, it makes me think of it fondly or I want to be able to pass it on to my child someday. Well, then go for it. Keep it. But don't just keep it out of obligation. That is really yeah. what my approach is when it comes to having that. If you're, if you're somebody that's struggling with that sentimental area or keep it, like we said, if you're not ready yet, keep it in a bin Mm-hmm. somewhere if you, you have always the, go back if you have the luxury of space put it in mm-hmm. a garage an attic a basement a spare closet if that is something that you are able to do and then come back and look at it and decide when is it something that is really as meaningful as i thought it was the other type or the second type i should say of guilt I think stems really more from a financial factor which is maybe something cost a lot of money and we feel guilty because we spent money on something and we feel like we should be using it or wearing it and we're not. So we hold on to it out of this, again, uh, sense of obligation. You know, we see this all the time where somebody in the moment has to buy the latest and greatest, whether they're buying the Instapot. <laughs> it happen- I feel like it happens with shoes a lot with women. They're like, I love, I bought these. They're beautiful. I wore them once and they killed my feet. And so then they just stay in the closet because they spent $300 or something. So, yes. Or, or, and hey, this is like speaking from experience, you spent a lot of money on a pair of jeans and Mm -hmm. now they don't fit you the way they did, but you spent a lot of money on them. And even though you're not really wearing them because you don't like how you, they fit you anymore, you have trouble parting with them because it was an investment. But sometimes also I explain to the client, you can sell that stuff now. You can. There's so many sites now that if you're that, if you, if you want to get something for them, you can totally, I mean, people are totally buying off sites used. I mean, maybe you wore the shoes three times. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we even know people that do that, people that have businesses mm-hmm. on eBay or whatnot that you can sell to. Or, but like you said, there there are there are places out there. Mm-hmm. But again, all that's doing by holding on to these things that you know are something that's a representation of the past is just it's prolonging the, the inevitable and it's not making you feel any better. 
It's just there and it's taking up space. It's taking up real estate, physical real estate, but also every time you look at it, it's just a reminder of how things have changed. And maybe that's not a good thing. Like, I don't like going, oh, I can't wear those jeans because <laughs> I have an extra 10 pounds or whatever. You the, know? Muffin, the muffin top. The muffin top. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But the other, the other thing which a lot of people don't always think about or they don't articulate necessarily are environmental factors. I think there's a lot of people that genuinely are concerned about sustainability. And there is a level of guilt of like, oh, this is just going to be wasteful. What I think is use that as a as a stepping stone to kind of pivot your buying patterns, not to shame you, but to say, okay, listen, so maybe I was buying things without, you know, giving pause to is this really a worthwhile purchase? I mean, we see that all the times where people will have impulse buys and they'll buy things that they might not need, that they might just want, that, you know, they didn't really think through, do I really have somewhere to store it? And so then it just winds up becoming something that just adds to clutter. And then they feel badly about just getting rid of it because it just becomes into that cycle of of waste. Mm-hmm. And well, I, also, I think also when they start their cleaning out of a closet, or some area, they're in awe of, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I had that. I just purchased another one because I couldn't find it. So I feel like that really makes people think about, you know, the way they're also spending their money, but also the environment. Like, yes, I didn't need to buy another plastic platter, you know, because I had one, but I couldn't find it. And I think really... What I see from people, and tell me if you agree with this, I see people start to kind of have that that self-shaming when they see the waste in their own space. So like if you're at home and you say, I'm going to clean out whatever it is, the pantry, the closet, whatever, and all of a sudden you start to find repeat items that you bought because you couldn't find it and it was easier to replace it than look for the original item. Don't beat yourself up for it because I think we see that a lot in terms of where people start to really judge themselves in terms of I should have been more responsible or why didn't I put this away in the first place? And it becomes this downward spiral of self-deprecation and it shouldn't be that way. I mean, it is what it is, right? Your, your, your patterns of behavior prior to today were what they were, but you can Mm -hmm. change that if you want to and realize, okay, so I don't like that. And I don't like the fact that I was being wasteful. So now I'm going to be more mindful and I'm going to take the steps so that I don't fall into those same patterns again. But I think it's important if you do suffer from guilt is to figure out why. Why are you feeling guilty? Like, where is that guilt stemming from? Is it something more from that emotional, sentimental perspective? Is it more from that financial reason? Or is it just strictly from a feeling of, I just don't like to be wasteful on a, you know, on a general broader scale? You know, when you talk about how our guilt manifests as clutter, I think it really can just be summed up by saying, when we hold on to things that we don't want or use for the wrong reasons. So think about our clients who their parents are downsizing or the grandmother passes away and they inherit all the stuff. And we've talked about this, so we don't have to go through all the details. Right. But again, it's we're just holding on to this because somebody else yeah. passed the torch. Like there's no cards I gave to you the other day that I didn't know what to do with. 
Oh my gosh. It was hysterical. I was actually really making fun of her regarding it, but I totally am going to use them. Yes. So we were doing our thank you notes for, I'm sure you've heard us talk about, we do a huge St. Baldrick's event and we thank everybody that has either donated or sponsored a station or helped us in some way to do the, we were on the road going somewhere and we were multitasking as usual. So I was writing the thank you notes in the car and all of a sudden in the bag, I was like, what are these? And she's <laughs> like, um, you're unloading, you're unloading on me. She goes, no, I kind of thought maybe you could use them. They were actually, they're really cute. They're little rip off. Thank you notes that I, I'll figure out a use for them. Maybe well, I bought quit. the wrong thing. So here's the tricks. So and they are probably expensive, correct? Well, I mean, they weren't like a fortune. It was like $10, but yes. it was one of those things that Zoe needed thank you notes for some, like I have SBO thank you notes, like that we send out to clients and whatnot. Right. But she just needed a generic thank you note. And for whatever reason, I was out of generic thank you notes. So I quick ran to CVS and I grabbed what I thought were thank you notes and they had this cute little tin, but they really were like these peel off things that it was like a little, not a sticker, but it was like a, it's I like don't know. Perforated. It was perforated. I don't know. But you could it like stick cute. it in. Yeah, but you could like stick it in your kid's lunch bag. Like, yeah. or know. like in a goodie bag if you did like a yes. cutter clinic or something. Whatever. Hint, hint. Exactly. <laughs> but in any event, you couldn't write on it like a thank you note. So no. I bought it and I got it home and Zoe was like, what is this? But it looked like a thank you note from the packaging. And I just was in a rush and wasn't thorough. So when you like, come to our next clutter clinic, they will see in one? the bags <laughs> because they're actually the perfect color for us. Yeah, but it was really cute, but I was annoyed. So the point is I was annoyed that I wasted $10 and yes, I could have gone back to CVS to return them, but I wasn't going to do that. So I was like, well, I don't really know what to do with them, but Erica's more of the creative one. I'm not. So I'm just going to give them to her. So that just relieved me of my guilt right then and there because I just passed the torch right to her. She likes to do that. Right. So if you know, it doesn't have to be something big. It could be something small that was that's causing you guilt. Yes. So I think really what I want to do is next is just talk about if you start to have those feelings of guilt, if you know that this is a trigger for you, what are some of the things that you can do? How can you kind of nip that? Because I think one of the ways that we can begin to change our behavior is is we first have to identify it, right? What is it? What are the triggers? What what are the areas that set us off? Is it the stuff with the kids' artwork? Is it somebody gives you a gift? Is it the the financial, I was frivolous and bought something without really thinking it through? So if you can identify your trigger first, then you can kind of begin to change your behavior. What I always tell people to do, and we do this with our clients, is play through those what-if scenarios. Start to talk to yourself about, like, what would happen if I got rid of this? Like, what would be the worst case scenario? And, you know, we talked about last week when we were talking about indecision, we were talking about the, the paper clutter. You know, a lot of times, you know, that's a big thing is people have indecision because they're not really sure. We have to kind of talk through like, well, what would happen if you got rid of it? You know, could you replace this? How easy would it be? So when it comes to guilt, these are great questions to ask because could you replace this if it were gone? The answer might be no. That might have a factor on whether or not you're going to get rid of it or how you're going to get rid of it. Are you going to give it away or are you going to to donate something? You know, what would be the worst case scenario? Are you holding on to something because you're 
Aunt Jane gave it to you and you're afraid if she comes to visit you that, you know, you're not going to have that vase that she, you know, that she gave to you. Is she really going to ask? That's the question, you know, or is your kid really going to ask that homework? You're not homework, that art project. Artwork, yeah. You know, or keep it up for a couple of weeks and then get rid of it or stick it in the bin if you really, again, feel guilty about getting rid of it. But think about why you're keeping it, what your motivation is. Are you keeping it because one day you want to be able to give it off to your child, pass the torch? Are you get, keeping it because you think you might one day want to use it or wear it? And if you can answer these questions, then maybe it is worth keeping. But a lot of times, if you start asking yourself these questions and you don't really have an answer, maybe that's an indication that you're holding on to something for the wrong reason, right? Yeah, totally. I, you know, I, I've been going through this with um, some stuff that my parents have been giving me. They're going to downsize in a couple of years. And my mother is actually very organized. They're not downsizing their house until three years, but she's downsizing her stuff to my sister and I. So Wait, she knows they have like a plan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're super. My mom's an accountant. She's super what, organized. But what's happening in three years? They're going to sell the house. And but then why three years? A, What's the three years? I'm sure it's some, some, something in their whatever okay. plan. It's not, it's not like you go, okay, I'm going to sell my house when my kids go to college. Like, no, nope. you're like three years. Yep. They're okay. done in three years, they said. So, okay. I was like, perfect. I have some bins that I actually need to re go through because I was at the point where I, it was very interesting because my mother bought us each four Sterilite bins. She's very organized. And she did? Yes. And we she took out everything that she was willing to part with now and put it on the dining room table. And then we went through each one and there was a story behind each piece. So it was very interesting. It was That's actually so very, cute. it was actually, yeah, it was actually really fun. My sister and I had a really did, good time. Did it was she just, just do it with you? And t- That's what I was yes. going to say. Was it just you and Tammy or yeah. were the kids there? The nope. grandkids weren't there? Nope. We just went up one weekend. It was just them and us. And it was actually very, very nice. So if you ever have to do that, it was very, it was very interesting. It was very nice. There's tons of stories. I love that tactic. And you did it when it wasn't. And okay, so you know what else is my takeaway with that? Is you did it when it wasn't like the code red, like we have to leave tomorrow. Correct. Like she. There was no rush. She was being proactive Mm -hmm. so that you guys could really take the time Mm -hmm. to a resonate on the mm-hmm. stories and let all that information marinate and then make an informed decision out of rather than making a decision out of fear or haste or let me just take it now and then I'll deal with it later. Right. And it was very interesting because the the items that had some great stories too were like, oh, totally, we'll take that, you know, because you love to tell stories about pieces of artwork or a vase or whatever but the the stuff that didn't have so much meaning to my parents we my mom's like we'll just donate it well and I think that brings up a really valid point that it's really more about the story than the stuff totally what is the what does it represent Mm -hmm. you know what is what does the item represent versus the item of itself Mm -hmm. it's so funny because they had this it was like I want it's Eventually, I'll post on somewhere so people can see. But it was this iron man, and I think he was naked, but he was carrying like a (laughs) he's like a disc thrower or something. My parents bought it when they were in like Canada, 
And my mother said she had to carry that piece of art all over Canada, wherever they went shopping and stuff. She said it was just hysterical. How, how big was it? It's like like your arm's length. Like it's a piece of art that you'd put like out somewhere. Like a sculpture? Yes, yes. But the story behind it was just so funny that uh, do you think... I mean, I don't have a piece. I don't have a place for a sculpture, but I do have it because I had to take it because I just think the story is hysterical because my mother's like, it was such a pain. Like, why did we buy it? I could just <laughs> see your mother, your little mom, your little gnome mother walking around with a naked man sculpture in her hand. Little Oma. Yes. So oh, funny. my gosh. That is Super so funny. funny. I have I have a, a well, similar story of of a sentimental piece of Josh's dad, but it's really probably not appropriate to, talk, to tell on the air, but oh my goodness, I can't, you're, gonna... I'll tell you, I'll tell you offline, but it's, okay. it's in, it's in my house and I'll explain the story later. Oh, now I get to see it. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, quite, All right. Quite a story. But anyway, so I think really the, the net net of what I'm trying to say today and you know, what I want to kind of leave you with is Give yourself permission to let things go. It's okay. But it's also okay to hold on to things if you do feel that it's bringing you some sort of value. And that value doesn't have to be a monetary value. It could be just a pure sentimental value. But just do it because something that you want or that you feel that is going to have value for your family, not purely out of obligation to somebody else. I think that's really the takeaway is don't do it grudgingly. Don't do, don't hold on to something because, uh, because you're being a martyr because you think it's the right thing to do. You know, life is too short and our spaces are coveted and we should have stuff in there that means something to us. And that is going to bring value for the people in our lives. So if you feel that you're holding on to stuff because of guilt, I think my Advice would be to just work through those areas and decide, do you want to donate these things? Do you want to give them away? Do you want to recycle them? Um, And give yourself a deadline, like everything, to complete it. This doesn't have to be done tomorrow. I love Erica's story about, you know, the fact her mom just decided, here, we're going to start doing this today. We we don't need to make a a final decision for quite some time, but let's kind of start the wheels in motion. And I think just like I always tell people when I was a recruiter, the best time to look for a job is when you have one. It's the same thing. The best time to start purging is today when you don't have to, you know, before it gets to that state of crisis. And if this is something like we talk about all the time, if you feel that the process is too overwhelming or maybe you just want an accountability partner, grab a friend, have somebody work with you. But just understand if you do that to find somebody that is going to be respectful of your pace and is going to be encouraging and not pushing. Because a lot of times people process information differently. And we see this, we see this with our clients, we see this with our kids. Some people can make decisions quickly and other people really need to kind of navigate through that entire process. So just be mindful when you do bring somebody on to help you that you're finding somebody that is not going to add additional stress to a situation that is already probably has you on higher alert. And show us our pro- your progress. We want to see it. Post your pictures. You could post them on Instagram. 
tag us at Simply Be Organized or in our Facebook group, this Organized Life podcast. You know, we want to see the areas. And if if guilt is something that you're struggling with, again, we completely understand that. And just if you can identify it, it's so much easier to disarm it. Right? I agree 100 percent. I, I kind of liked that little motto you said. Oh, crap. I don't know what I said. What did I say? To disarm it. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'll coin that phrase. Yes, I, I do like it. I okay, do like good. It. Write it down. We'll put it in a quote. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I always I always need quotes to get through the day. Let me tell Perfect. you. Perfect. Perfect. That'll be your motto for the day. All righty. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for taking time out of your day to listen to this week's episode of this Organized Life podcast. If you liked what you heard, please, I invite you to share this episode with a friend. Make sure that you click the subscribe button wherever you're listening so that new episodes will get downloaded each and every week and you won't miss anything. And if you feel so inclined to leave us a review, we appreciate it. Ratings, reviews, they help give us some social cred. And so when other people are looking for podcasts and they read reviews of what other people said, it makes them want to listen to us. So I appreciate each and every one of you in advance. So until next week, I'm Lori, this is Erica, and we will see you. Peace out. Take care. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure to click the subscribe button wherever you are listening so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. A special shout out to our amazingly talented podcast producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for all of his hard work. And finally, if you want to connect with me, visit simplybeorganized.com or find me all over social media at Simply Be Organized. I'll see you next week for another episode of This Organized Life.